0: Hey, thanks for joining the program. We are fighting for freedom, and tonight, we are sitting down with a couple of federal employees, Feds for Medical Freedom. Stick around. In the spirit of God, moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America
1: great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. Here, all of us the advance of He's human made. liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
2: It's but because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. On. May all of God's
1: children be able to. My country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I say. We shall pay any price, bear any church, uphold any foe, to ensure the survival and the success
2: of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the
3: unfounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So
0: help us God. Hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one in one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are to peace. Thanks for joining us. We are living in unprecedented times, and today... Our guests are two federal employees that are coming together with a group, not only here in Ventura County, but nationwide, that is under pressure to have the vaccine or to lose their positions. Here we have Josh Hamilton. Josh, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. And we also have Raymond Alexander. Thank you, Raymond. Thanks, Pastor Rick. And we're going to just hash this out, talk it through, and. Uh, Every opportunity we have to move the needle towards liberty here, we really want to. And we sincerely believe that uh, our body is the barrier where um, the government's overreach has to stop. uh, uh, Why should we lose our jobs? Why should we have this vaccine mandate? And we can touch on the real danger of this pandemic and the risk reward that makes no sense in this whole situation. Even as we're talking about this, reading the um, uh, press release from the White House today, that they're now going to put this pressure for 28 million children yeah. from ages five to 11, which is outra- outrageous so to me as a father and a grandfather, when there's, they're not they're not in danger and the risk reward it just makes no sense but for you guys this is your livelihood this is uh, your careers that you are laying on the line uh, for this decision and so we want to just get to know you briefly take a couple of minutes each of you and to share uh, your resume so to speak this is who you where you're (laughs) working well as much as you can share you're going to share and so Josh why don't you start us off you're a federal
3: employee so, federal employee, I've uh, been working with the government for about 12 years. I uh, was a contractor uh, for Jacobs Technology uh, to begin with, then got pulled over uh, to the government. Interesting enough, I was actually an import motorcycle mechanic by trade and threw out a Hail Mary uh, when the, during the recession because uh, I was underqualified when I left and I came back overqualified, so no one was hiring. So, I, uh, now I work for the government. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I worked for out in China Lake, um, out for Nav Air uh, for about eight years as a engineering technician, um, testing ordnance and other things like that. Um, which is also a lot of big group out there as well. we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I work for Navc here, um, and I'm an electronics technician, uh, which I've been here for uh, about three years, um, mm-hmm. plus or minus, well, over three years. Um, and I uh, was training to be uh, an OSIC on-site installation coordinator for uh, basically on some of our, our ships and things like that. Um, but due to all the stuff I kind of switched positions uh, because of seeing, I kind of saw what was going to happen. So now uh, now I work in a lab with uh, a bunch of great guys. Um, Mix, Unvax, vax and whatever. non, uh, Just awesome, awesome people. and. Um, it's basically my story in a nutshell, as far as government service, um, that's it. And yeah. it's uh, been a long, fun ride, and it's just, it's, it, it kind of blows my mind that, you know, that the whole purpose of being government employee is that you know, it's going to take an act of God to decan us, mm-hmm. and uh, yet here we are. And uh, just I'm just baffled by even having this conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that you're doing a podcast about right. it. I mean, who would have foreseen two years ago? That we would even be in this place, because, like yeah. you said, for most, if you get into a government position, it's uh, it's security, all caps, right? correct? Usually, absolutely. normally, absolutely, and, and not to uh, expose too much stuff, but you actually work uh, ordinances connected to uh, ballistic things that are connected to our ships, and however you want much you
3: want to yeah.
0: reveal of that, but.
3: Well, don't do ordnance now. I mm-hmm. did ordinance at uh, China Lake, mm-hmm. um, doing uh, basically. It was a fuse assessment components branch, so we uh, actually tested ordnance and mm-hmm. to make sure that everything works does mm-hmm. not go boom or does go boom when it's supposed to, and when sailors or you know anybody enlisted is messing with things or dropping things, uh, they're safe. Mm-hmm. They're safe. Um, but now, yeah, now is I kind of wanted it funny because i worked out at nav air for the eight years for the navy and never stepped foot on a ship mm-hmm. um and so it was kind of weird being out in the middle of the desert and never seeing a ship <laughs> uh, it's like i work for the navy but i live i'm out in the middle of the desert mm-hmm. that's, that's hard to explain but mm-hmm. um so it was kind of fun you know coming and uh, working for nav c and uh, training being actually getting on the ships meeting the crew uh, feeling a bigger connection with the sailors and just getting to really mix it up and travel the United States. I never traveled ever mm-hmm. and then I was always on travel and uh, <laughs> which was fun at first um, but then uh, it, it's very hard on the family with yeah. kids and, and then when COVID hit uh, it my two to three week installs turned into two to three months and my kids stopped, uh, you know, like even asking to zo- to Zoom call or whatever mm-hmm. or FaceTime, and when that started happening, I really that's when I had to reevaluate my position and uh, kind of cry out to other uh, branches and be like, hey, you know, are you hiring? Because mm-hmm. I want to stay married, yeah. <laughs> and I want my kids to want me to be home. I want to spend time with my kids because yeah. I'm not going to get that time back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so. All in all, I mean, what I'm doing now, it's, I don't like being in front of the cameras. I don't, I'm not one of those people, um, but this is for my kids, my family, yeah. and for my country because yeah. I really do feel very strongly about what is happening. Mm. And I'm glad that there's <clears throat> other people much more interesting than myself that feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just handed it off to you. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> share
0: with us and those, just to get to know you two, uh, your federal
2: background. So I was uh, I joined the Navy in 1999 I enlisted I was a sonar technician and served aboard a submarine out of San Diego. Uh, after that tour I became an officer through Officer Candidate School in Pensacola Florida. this is active duty uh, went to Diego Garcia for a year a small atoll in the middle of the Indian Ocean um, came back from that went to a, served aboard another submarine out of San Diego or I'm sorry out of Norfolk Virginia both fast attacks by the way there's some pride in that yeah. um, uh, after that, Sub, that second sub-tour, uh, was looking for a, an opportunity to come back to Southern California. My first sub-tour was out of San Diego, like I said, and loved the, the Southern California weather. Uh, found an opportunity here at uh, Naval Base Ventura County in Port Gueneme. Um Shortly thereafter, I went to Afghanistan for about a year, uh, it was a ordered, ordered individual deployment, uh, and after that I was pretty exhausted, got back, um, got married and wanted to settle down. Uh, That's a pretty active uh, 10 years, a lot of deployments, a lot of time away, and I realized I couldn't, like you, Josh, kind of raise a family when you're constantly Mm -hmm. moving, constantly traveling. So that's when I decided to uh, transition out of active duty at about the 10-year mark and into the reserves and then also uh, into the federal service. So uh, that's when I became a federal service employee for the Navy, uh, actually for the same command that I worked at uh, as my last active duty command um, and since then, I uh, have been both a reservist and a federal service employee. Uh, deployed a couple times in the reserves, once to Afghanistan and then another, another time to um, Iraq and Saudi Arabia. My most recent deployment was to Iraq and Saudi Arabia. Uh, and only recently retired from the reserves. And But I continue in my federal, my federal job. Um, and today's conversation is specifically about the federal <coughs> job. Uh, because that, uh, the, the, my retirement from the reserves removes about a fifth of my uh, gross income, uh, and then this federal job makes up the rest of it—the rest, the hundred percent remaining of my of my family's income. Uh, so it does present a pretty imminent uh, imminent threat to to my family's financial well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so happy to talk, mm-hmm. and uh, Joshua. Way too, uh, way too forgiving for me. <laughs> uh, it's been a long, it's been a long, 22 years. Uh, but, but you know, everybody serves their time. Uh, everybody I've met dedicates their time and, and, and attention to, to the details that matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's that's me in a nutshell, Pastor. So the
0: uh, mandate came down, and you saw it coming, and it hit you. Why don't you share that, and then how it hit Ray, and then we'll <laughs> move towards. Hey, we gotta find community with people that are like-minded to stand up and resist, and at least to be a voice and to see if we can't move the needle towards liberty.
3: Right, and then also just to kind of like disclaim, like you know, I speak for myself as my own opinions. I don't represent you know the Navy or the government or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah same, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before we get started, totally. Um, so yeah, like with the, with the mandates. Uh, I didn't think it would come this far, to be honest, um, because I knew that vaccines and things like that have always been, like, like my, myself, I've been fighting this for five-plus years uh, for other reasons, um, but it, I didn't think it would come this far to mandate among you know federal employees because, I mean, you know, with all the unions and everything, it's really hard to do something like this because, I mean, this is like a, a huge EEO nightmare um, and asking people to do something against your will. I mean, that's like the whole... All the stuff that's been happening has been gearing to where you know don't don't touch me. If I say no, that's no. Let's touch on that
0: real quick. Where is your union in all this? They're just
3: like (coughs) carte blanche,
0: the do whatever you're told type of thing. No, no standing up because the the post office got totally exempted. They must have an amazing union, (laughs) right, to stand up and as one voice.
3: Yeah, so we're we are trying uh, the the feds for medical freedom. Uh, group we're kind of trying to actually work with our union because um, okay. we're we are trying to go about this without causing disruption, you know, amongst our command and everything because we as federal employees we have to do everything by the rules um because we can get canned for a lot of things, basically any anything. There's a long list. Yes, there's a long list of things. <laughs> so like like I'm sure I'll get called in about this. But um so, you know they'll, they'll know my na- they'll know my name now. Yeah. <laughs> But um, the union has been pretty much neutral. And even they sent out emails and things like that saying, like, hey, we're not against it and we're not for it. We're kind of just going to stay out of it. Um, and even before the actual um, executive order came out, uh, I called my union president and, uh, you know, voiced my concerns. I'm like, I see what's happening. I'm concerned that, this, that it's going to be m- mandatory. Like, what, is, what are you going to do? And we had a long conversation. And he said even then he's like sorry that good luck you might your, your best chances are to um deal on a local level in the government meaning like your governor and things like that and that was during the recall and he's like your best bet is to to do that go from that angle cuz as far as federally we're there's nothing we can do um so the union's still pretty neutral at this moment but they have how i again my opinion and read how the emails were written in a, such a way to where they did drop little lines of like, hey, like, at the moment, you know, dot, 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 we're staying out of it, and, you know, we aren't going to pursue legal action or, you know, whatever, but our stance could change. And it's like, okay, cool. So I took that as like a little drop of a line for help. Okay. And so I'm like, noted. We made a um, an appointment with the president of the union and went down, and uh, the other couple active guys in our group um, sat down with them and talked. And uh Kind of just trying to ask them like, how do we, do we? Can we put your, you know, your name on the flyer? Can we do this? Can we get backing? Can we get money? Can we? How legally can we do it? Can we f- put flyers up around the base? What are the rules on that? Um, which we did, and they got taken down. We'll probably go into that later. But uh, so, um, they 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 are working with us, but they aren't really backing us yet. Um, it, we're we're like today. There's a, a one o'clock or from 12 to one a meeting with a, our union, and, and you know I sent out an all hands message because again, I would love to promote our thing, you know, like just send an all hands message and take the slap on the hand or whatever. But I, we're in, we're walking a fine line here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's why we uh, the other guys suggested we go talk to the union. Maybe they can send out an all hands message. Mm-hmm. So they they did, and so we have a, a meeting today as well. So I've been in like meetings for. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I do not like meetings, and I apparently <laughs> am just in a never-ending meeting all the time, while trying to juggle work and everything, and you know, not drop the the ball amongst my teammates, because it's you know we I deal with uh, production, so like, you know, we build stuff, and I'm in there trying to fight for my job, you know, which is okay to the rules according, you know, because I'm I'm trying to keep my career, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I I don't want to let down my team. Sure, because you have work to do yeah, as well it's, it's, as fight. Right. I mean, you got two right. And, uh, and I feel bad and, you know, and I talked to my team very transparent about it they've, mm. they've known my stance on this for a very long time and you know a big shout out to them because I mean my team's awesome uh, my manager's awesome I am one of the few and lucky that uh, they're all willing to work with me on this Yeah, um, they're not pointing the finger or in any judgments so like I don't have like huge complaints mm. um, but I have a lot of people in my group that are really getting hammered and uh some of the things that they're telling me, it's, it's, it's really sad uh, that it's creating a lot of division amongst mm-hmm. uh, all of us yeah. uh, based upon our medical history.
0: Yeah.
3: So it's a, you know we're, we're feeling discriminated and even segregated in some cases, yeah. um, which is that I'm sure it'll, and it's only, it's interesting, it's getting worse uh, as the, the deadline is approaching because um, we keep getting messages and the messages are getting a little bit more, the emails are getting Intense. a little more pointed. Yeah. Um, which I know that they're very careful, but we're finding that they're being less careful with even some of the words that they're using. That, mm-hmm. um, so it's, uh, I mean, that maybe that's good. Maybe it's all crumbling and maybe they'll back off, but we just want to spread awareness. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole purpose of this is to, so people know they're not alone.
1: That's right. Um, mm-hmm.
3: cause everyone that's came into our group, uh, well, Ray was, uh, he was awesome. Cause like, that was like, you know, like, you know, someone of, Character and clout, you know, it's like cool like we can because you spoke before the church and then uh, Mm -hmm. but even our little group um, Other guys that are in it. They just kind of were like, you know, they're they're just so blessed, you know, that We're not alone and you Mm -hmm. know they're you guys are offering some kind of support um, at least because we are being offered No guidance whatsoever besides uh, here's the link to go fill your uh, either medical or religious exemption Mm -hmm. And there's been no clarity on how to do that. What's who's going to be checking it out? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be basically reviewing these things, which from the last I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's going up to the Echelon 2 level, um, which it's pretty high. Um, that's not just like your manager or his manager. It's like it's it's going very high, and it's like, you know, why? Like why? Who? Why is this this important for something that, you know, it just, yeah, maybe you'll get into numbers and stuff because I don't want to mm-hmm. say the wrong thing, but uh, uh, just... From the beginning of all the stuff, it's been Twilight Zone, and yeah. I just don't really know what to do. Um, and whether
0: they're even going to honor any medical exemptions or religious exemptions. Correct. It went up the food chain, we'll see.
3: And there's been emails that we've received that have said uh, basically um, discouraging to even uh, try to submit a religious or right. medical exemption based yeah. upon the numbers that we've gotten from the military when they uh, did the mandate on them. Right. Yeah. And I even heard a, a number from someone in well, someone else said like one in five hundred was kind of like what the whole that what they're guessing will be uh, granted, um, which that was kind of because I I mentioned to someone else I won't mention names mm-hmm. <clears throat> but asking where why did they change the definition of uh, exemption and exception, which it seemed kind of sneaky uh, they because it's always been a medical or re- religious ex- exemption. Right. So it's actually an exception and we're like, "Well, wh- why would you change that?" and I asked him and he said he thinks that the reasoning is because of the the data or whatever or the what they feel is going to be granted is the, you know, one out of 500 so uh-huh. you're the exception. But it didn't quite make sense to me, but I did I okay, I wrote it down, whatever. Yeah.
0: Makes sense they have some high value person
3: they're going to they want the
0: freedom to make the exception for them, but right. it's not exemption across the board for anybody that has a,
3: Correct. in their conscience, a conviction that they really don't want to do this. And how long is the exception for? I that's mean, true. if I'm not exempt yeah. and you're just giving me this exception, well, yeah. how long is, am I... Tell your project's over or tell... <laughs> right. And that's what, even again, with all the, again, like with our group, like we're not uh, anti-vax or anything like that. I mean, it's because... Even people that are fully vaxxed or partially vaxxed or whatever, part of my team, you know, they're starting to realize that, like, hey, man, you're, you're part of a subscription service now um, because you've, you've gotten either the, the one and done or the Pfizer, the Moderna, and mm-hmm. you're going to get the two, but now there's the booster coming out. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, because as per this mandate, it says you have to be fully vaccinated. It doesn't really mean, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that you have to be fully, meaning both doses or the one-and-done. But the one-and-done yeah. loses its efficacy based upon all the numbers and everything, just like yeah. the Moderna and Pfizer, and it's like... So in six months, the pressure yeah. will be there once yeah, you it's get... it's like, COVID. well, now you're like, not fully vaccinated right. anymore. So right. here, you've already signed up. Go get yeah. your next one. Right. Ray, did
0: you see this coming? How'd this hit you? Uh, how'd it hit your office? Did you have the same kind of support? He's got a... Team that's understanding, and we talk to a lot of people depending on the political atmosphere of their offices. It's either, you know, that <laughs> attitude that we hear so often now we have the epidemic of the unvaxxed. Right. They're as dangerous as uh, Governor Newsom says, as a drunk
2: driver hurtling down the road, yeah. endangering his neighbors.
0: Yeah, so misleading. And so misleading.
2: So, uh, so I, I work at a, a separate command than Josh, and we don't have a union. None of our employees are unionized. Okay. Um, we are a sort of executive uh, headquarters command, so most of our folks are white collar, and when you get into that, it's rare to have uh, unionized white collar. That's right. Yeah.
0: So, That's usually the labor forces union. Yes. And then uh, management is
2: out of yes, the sir. union. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, so, I, I, my peers have essentially avoided the conversation. Um, I feel free to bring up my concerns at at, at executive level staff meetings, Um, have never felt shy about sharing my opinion, which is generally based on factual data. Um, And so I I feel confident in bringing it up, Um, perhaps because of of my position, I'm not confronted directly, the argument, it doesn't create an argument, uh, but people tend not to talk about it. So that it's really generally an avoidance kind mm-hmm. of tactic. Um, I, I saw this coming absolutely. Uh, it's very, it was very clearly signaled by the, the executive branch uh, that executive branch employees would be uh, expected to, to get a, a vaccine. That was up back in August and uh, early September. I was surprised though, how long it took the guidance to hit the specific guidance for federal employees uh, it took until 8 October, which is when I was formally informed of the requirement to get a vaccine, and the deadline that they presented was quite, quite brief. Uh, the, we were formally notified on 8, 8 October, and the deadline to be quote unquote fully vaccinated is 22 November, which, if you back off, you know, you work from that time back, it gives you until about the uh, November 8th or so, in order to have your uh, your first your first of the two dose series. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, we weren't really provided very clear guidelines on how to submit, similar to Josh's organization, how to submit an exemption request, what the consequences might be, what the specific salient arguments needed to be in that, in that uh, justification statement for your religious mm-hmm. exemptions. There are some broad outlines and criteria for religious exemptions that anybody you know, can search for. But it becomes concerning when you hear the kind of the kind of information coming down and from different commands that they might not be honored. You start to ask yourself, well, what are the essential elements of ones that might be approved? And how can I get, you know, maybe best practices or lessons learned on what's what's passed through the filter for approval and what hasn't. Um, and it really is people like Josh uh, and Josh's coworkers, Josh's peers and the folks who kind of coalesce around a movement like that. Um, that are looking for those types of answers. Um, so I think that's you know, one of the great things that Josh is doing. Even though he's uncomfortable under the bright lights and the cameras, uh, he's doing a wonderful, you know, wonderful work in, in getting interest and showing people, you know, sort of being the light and showing people that you can talk openly about this mm-hmm. and you can get support. There are other like-minded folks that might not agree perfectly with what your perspective is, but yeah. uh, generally believe in, in the principle of individual sovereignty and, and liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even the folks I've, I've discovered at my command, when, I, when, I, when they kind of hear me speaking openly about it, they'll confide in me. They'll pull me aside and they'll confide, <clears> look, <throat> I've, I've got the vaccine, but I'm, I, I regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or some uniform folks that, I, that I've spoken to at my command who Again, they pulled me aside and they said, look, if it wasn't for the fact that I have 18 years in mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm supporting my family and, I've, and I've, I've invested 18 years of my life into active duty and two years away from retirement, uh, I wouldn't have gotten it, mm-hmm. um, which to me is the definition of coercion. Um, it is. Yeah, Yeah. so that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, So
0: this is coming down the line. Uh, You're obviously a data guy. Why don't you just you got a pile of data here? (laughs) You said I just wanted to be prepared. Yeah. So so give us, uh, Ray, because you are uh, data-driven. Just a a couple of minutes. How you see the data coming down about uh, COVID-19? Yeah. Um, Risk reward type of dynamic that doesn't make sense?
2: Yeah, so I, I think generally speaking, any decision that we make as individuals, and especially decisions that uh, the government makes, should be, should be generally pragmatic, based, mm-hmm. on, uh, based on an analysis of the risks involved. Uh, it should be a trade-off decision. I think any government decision is a trade-off decision. Uh, so it should be informed by, by statistics, by the numbers, mm-hmm. um, by facts. And I'm generally, uh, and I think Josh stated this, the organization, uh, Feds for Medical Freedom, is not anti-vaccine. There are oftentimes strong justifications for having vaccines as an Mm -hmm. individual. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in a high-risk group, for example, or if the disease itself is particularly fatal, Mm -hmm. um, has a high mortality rate. There are those reasons for why you might want to want to get a vaccine, like you mentioned on uh, on your mission trips or on my deployments. Yeah, I, I've been vaccinated for lots of stuff. Yeah. you go to scary
0: places where there's yellow fever, typhoid. Yes. I mean, on and on and on, and you're like
2: both arms. Yeah. Pincushion. <laughs> so, the pincushion, and pin you know in, in the Navy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that, the, and, and even as an individual, the trade-off is sometimes well. Uh, I, I would i want to support my country I want to go on this deployment mm-hmm. um, and and therefore I will accept the vaccines that are required mm-hmm. for me to go on this deployment
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, especially as a reservist you oftentimes have the opportunity to to select a deployment and mm-hmm. or to or to make yourself unavailable or to volunteer for a deployment mm-hmm. and in doing so uh, you, you know you're trading off your your willingness your submission to a vaccine in order to go serve the country your country which mm-hmm. You know, I I did many, many times. Um, So to get to some of the statistics, I think um, there's a whole slew of statistics that have Mm -hmm. been presented uh, by government sources, by media sources, and to sort of focus in on one specific example, uh, the Navy published uh, a NAV admin, which is a a Navy administrative order um, that is intended to to affect that order across the entire Navy. And they published a NAV admin on uh, 13 October 21, so very recently. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, the subject line of this NAV admin is COVID-19 Consolidation Consolidated Disposition Authority. And it's essentially laying out where the decision-making authority is for adjudicating cases where Naval personnel, specifically, this has specifically to do with uniformed service members, not federal employees, but I'm using this as an example of statistics. Right. Um, of the, of the statistics that are presented that are in an, att- an attempt to justify the, the vaccine mandate, and I say an attempt, because I don't think personally and again, I only speak for myself here mm-hmm. uh, that I don't think personally the, the risk, risk reward, the, the mm-hmm. pragmatic risk-based analysis is it justifies the imposition on individual sovereignty, mm-hmm. um, individual medical sovereignty and freedom. Right. Um, so this NAV admin is uh, NAV admin 225 slash 21. So that means it's the 225th NAV admin in 2020. Okay. Um, subject line, COVID-19 consolidated disposition authority. And I'll I'll read the policy paragraph. So there's mm-hmm. a purpose paragraph, and then paragraph two is the policy paragraph. So this essentially establishes the justification for a mandate. Mm in order to maximize readiness it is the policy goal of the us navy to achieve a fully vaccinated force against the persistent and lethal threat of covid-19 that's the that's the logical justification the persistent and lethal threat okay and i want to honor that i as a as a retiring now retiring service member and a fe- and a dedicated federal employee i am obligated to to read through and honor the, the you know the the narrative the order the yeah. order yeah. Um, and uh, down a bit it, it then goes into some policy and makes some references uh, specifically as to who this order applies to or is directed toward and then paragraph two B it it references um, a statistic where it states tragically there have been one hundred and sixty four deaths within the navy family due to COVID-19, so that it, it establishes that number as, and this is really the only justification if you read through this at NAB admin, that, that number stands out as being the, the evidentiary basis for the argument that COVID-19 presents a persistent and lethal threat, that 164 people. And that might be a very big number if the population size that it's refer- referencing is small. So we have to ask ourselves, what is 164 deaths within the Navy family due to. So what does this NAV admin mean by Navy family? Because in the Navy, we're both in the Navy. We're both part of the Navy family or could be considered part of the Navy family as civilian employees. Mm -hmm. The Navy also has active duty uniformed (coughs) service members. It also has reserve uniformed service members. It has appropriated federal employees like we are. It also has non-appropriated federal employees. These are employees that work at commissaries, NEACs, bowling alleys, uh, it also has contractors, a significant population of contractors, and it also has dependents. So if you include all those population groups, then it's a massive population. It's a massive N, right? N equals a massive number mm-hmm. as the denominator for that 164 deaths. So in order to understand the scope of that 164, you need to understand, well, what's the population size that it represents? Correct. And two, what's the time frame that it's talking about, that 164? Mm-hmm. So I felt compelled to dig down into those details. Yeah. And if you look at and in order to define what the Navy family means in this, in this order, I, I looked at the Navy COVID-19 website. So this is from the, the COVID-19 website from, that's published by the Navy. And there's a table on that website that reports the current status of COVID-19 hospitalizations, recoveries, deaths, and accumulative COVID cases in the Navy, and the military line item—the the line item that reports for the uniformed military—is 14 deaths. So I knew that that Navy family wasn't referring to uniform service members specifically. Okay. Right. For civilians, it's 102. For dependents, it's five. Mm. For contractors, it's 42. So if you add all those up, it's 163. So by Navy family, this order means the entire Navy population. It means military. It means uniform service members. Dependents. Dependents. Yeah. So yep. wives. Children, wow. um, adult dependents. So, what total number are we looking at, Ray? So, I, unfortunately, <laughs> my job doesn't allow me access to the the DMDC oh, okay. system of record. Okay. That is the sort of the current and precise answer on that total number. But if you do some research, you can find official websites that give you an approximation. Okay. So, what I figured was um, that total number is one point two 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 million, and that. Accounts for mil- uniform military. These are Navy numbers because right. these are Navy specific statistics. So military is one hundred and forty-five or three hundred and forty-five thousand. Um, that's active component. Fifty-eight thousand reserve component. Two hundred and five thousand appropriated fund employees like Josh and I. Forty-four thousand non-appropriated fund employees. One hundred and two thousand <coughs> contractors, which I think is actually an underestimate, but. That was from a congressional report, and 467,000 dependents. Add those up, and it's about a 1.222 million. Okay. And then, if you, if you, as to establish the time frame, I went back, and the first reported U.S. COVID-19 related fatality was 9 January 2020, which was 643 days between that fatality and the publication of this nav admin, 643 days. So if you take 164 deaths, which are all tragic, of course, um, on an individual level, of course, if you take 164 deaths and divide it by 1,222,000, you get about 13 deaths per 100,000. And it's important to, in order to compare apples to apples, if you want to look at other fatalities, uh, other causes of death, they, they tend to be number per 100,000 per year. I see. So divide that uh, 164 by 1.222 million, and you get 13 per 100,000 COVID-related fatalities in the Navy family,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: which already ranks below the Mm -hmm. 10th leading cause of death in the United States, which age-adjusted is suicide, unfortunately, and that's 14 Mm -hmm. in Mm 100,000. Then if you annualize that number, it becomes 7 per 100,000, which is half as likely as the 10th ranked age-adjusted cause of death in the United States. My inclination since the beginning of of COVID has been looking at these types of numbers. Um, They're all available. Mm -hmm. Uh, of, Of course, most of the numbers that I'm able to have been using are the CDC numbers, which you know if, I, I was a biology, biology major in, in college I have a, a, bio, a bachelor's degree in science and biology, and you know, you're always skeptical of the information you always want to drive down and really understand where the information is coming from. Mm-hmm. And so there is reason to be somewhat skeptical of the CDC reported data in that they are, they are COVID-related right, deaths. Mm-hmm. so it's difficult to, pin, to to pinpoint exactly how many of those deaths would have would have happened anyways, right. regardless of, of COVID. And they
0: died with COVID, but not from COVID. Correct. You know, that's subtle distinction.
2: Yes, yeah. and so it's, it's, it's difficult to tease that out. So I used CDC data um, with that understanding. And even if you do that, the, the risk from COVID-19 still ranks Below the, at least below the third and fourth highest uh, leading causes of death in specific age groups. When you tease it out yeah. based on specific age groups, which I did for myself as a, a healthy 45-year-old male. Mm-hmm. I looked at the CDC statistics. I pulled out the, the mortality <coughs> rates for a for, healthy 45-year-old male. And I decided for myself that it's, it's worth not getting the vaccine. It's worth accepting the risk of getting COVID the likelihood of me getting a fatal case of COVID is very low relative to other mm-hmm. causes of, of death. Mm-hmm. And so I made a risk-based decision as I think mm-hmm. every individual has the right to do. Um, so that's kind of the numbers that, that I've been looking at in kind of kind of, you know, we, we talked before about being uh, not not a nuclear trained officer, but uh, okay. I, I my formative years in the Navy were among nuclear trained uh, officers and enlisted personnel. So mm-hmm. I. I gained a strong appreciation for just a, a very uh, uh, objective approach toward problem-solving and mm-hmm. objective approach toward risk-taking. Um, and I think doing this becomes obvious that COVID-19, a COVID-19 mandate is not worth the imposition, the government imposition on individual sovereignty, which is a fundamental American right. Mm-hmm. It is so foundational to our system of government that, that to impose to make a government imposition on that individual sovereignty is not worth the trade-off that we're facing with covid it's not Mm-mm. i would argue i would argue mm. against this statement that it is a persistent and lethal threat
0: well just that statement alone it is such a hyperbole an exaggeration from looking at the numbers that you you gave absolutely right absolutely I mean, more people are going to die from the common flu than uh, like we were talking about, I have been vaccinated to travel all over the world, yes. doing missions in really disease-ridden areas. Yes, absolutely. And the risk reward seemed very uh, appropriate to yeah. me. Yeah. Right? I don't know what yellow fever is, but I don't want it. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had it either, but I don't want it either. Or or typhoid. But uh, I don't I don't get a flu shot every year because I'm not concerned with the flu. I'll get the flu. I'll recover from the flu. Right. I've had COVID. Yeah. I've recovered. I have antibodies that yes. you know are mm-hmm. three to, you know, 27 times stronger and more yep. robust, according to the Israeli study. Yes. And Josh, you were going to say something. Well,
3: even touching on that about the antibodies, and that was something that also came out according to our, you know, rules, and regulations, the mandate, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And our guidance is that it's it's it specifically says that if you want to get like a medical exemption or anything like that, uh, antibodies do not count. Uh, yeah. um, basically natural immunity is completely not talked about it's not being acknowledged i've tried in the chat rooms uh which we have like these safe space talk things whatever mm-hmm. and they do that uh i think every week or bi-weekly and you get in there and i try to chat and i i anytime i message about natural immunity it gets deleted yeah. uh, and i'm like hmm. that's you know i'm like well, that's straight you know coincidence I don't know. you know mm-hmm. but i've been trying and it keeps no. getting deleted yeah, not hash, the only hashtag,
0: one. hashtag nat, uh, natural immunity is now banned wow. from social me- media. I did not know that. And so
2: I, I'm off social. I'm, I, right. don't participate. So from a
0: biology major, yes. I mean, does if if you want to, I, I I'm not a biology major, major, but I have common sense, right? I, I don't have to be uh, a astrophysicist to watch a
2: sunrise and see the obvious. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so. Yeah, and I, I definitely don't mean to overstate my qualifications. I yeah. was a undergraduate you know. degree in no, biology. No, I, I understand that. Just to set, but. just to set sort of my approach and and my mentality as a as as it pertains to interpreting this problem and mm-hmm. making this risk based decision. Mm-hmm. How I how I perceive data is is you know be as objective as possible based on my science background, and then based on my upbringing in the Navy with nuclear trained officers who are, b- are brilliant, brilliant, hyper intelligent people. Um, On how to assess, on how to assess risk. Because if your risk assessment in the nuclear submarine force is clouded by any subjectivity, you introduce unnecessary risk in the in the employment of that very lethal vessel, right? Very lethal weapons platform. And not only that, but you potentially put the crew at risk. One hundred and thirty souls on board fast tech submarines, Mm one hundred and twenty sometimes. And you know. If your judgment is clouded by your mm-hmm. own subjectivity, if you're not if you're not as objective as possible in looking at the information mm-hmm. that's available to you, you risk the introduction of human error mm-hmm. and there that the consequences of that are dire. Right. Yeah. So let's let's talk just for a moment, since we see COVID risk yes. reward.
0: Yes. Um, well risk reward. You've obviously examined the vaccine, risk reward. The actual C D C has its Uh, There's reports. Uh, Right now, I think there's 16,000 that have died, according to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Keith Rose, who was with us a while back, said when they tried to come up with the vaccine for the swine flu, Mm -hmm. 53 people died, and they shut it down Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Boom, Mm -hmm. just like, that. it's not worth the risk
2: reward, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. payoff. Mm -hmm. And so what's your uh, thoughts about that? So I, I honestly have invested very little time in researching the, the negative consequences of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I, I don't need to get there logically. I don't need to get there in my argument, from mm-hmm. my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, all I, all I've, I've focused my attention on the lethality of the disease itself. I see, okay. And once yeah. I demonstrate that, for, my, for me in particular, mm-hmm. that the disease is not sufficiently lethal to be a, a concern sufficient to violate my individual sovereignty and right to choose, mm-hmm. I'm done with the argument. Right. I, I challenge the baseline premise that mm-hmm. there is a need for a vaccine for COVID for most population groups. Right. Obviously, there's justification for certain population groups. If you're over categories. 65 and you have comor- Sif- and, yeah, you those, right. comorbidities. Yes, yeah. significant comorbidities. I mean, the CDC website demonstrates or, or shows that 57.7% of the fatal cases of COVID are in people with hypertension. Mm. I don't have hypertension. Right. I'm in an age group where if I did have a comorbidity, I would seriously consider getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then I would invest time in what are mm-hmm. the risks related to taking the vaccine. Right. So um, in, in my arguments and in, and in my yet-to-be-submitted request for an exemption, it, it, doesn't, it, it does address a little bit of the risks that we're, that we're learning about the vaccine. You know, some of the studies, mm-hmm. lo- more <clears> longer-term <throat> studies that are coming out of Highly vaccinated populations like Singapore and Israel mm-hmm. are demonstrating that there are pretty significant risks at least
1: no.
2: at least not inconsequential risks uh, there was in fact one the, one of the studies from Israel stated that in a certain uh, forgive me if I pull it okay. out I, I want to make sure that i 'm not uh, misstating um, there was a study in Israel that a age group from 16 to 29 years old, any, that, that individuals between the ages of 16 and 29 years old who have had at least one of the Pfizer-BioNTech shot, one dose of it, uh, that the likelihood of getting myocarditis was 11 in 100,000. So if, now these are various cases, various mm-hmm. degrees of myocarditis. Sure. Some yeah. are lethal, some are fatal, some yeah. are not. But to introduce the risk of myocarditis at a rate of 11 in 100,000, the risk to that population group, 16 to 29, of dying from COVID is something around two in 100,000, basically zero. Right. Um, so so there are some, but again, I have to, I have yeah, to right. defer to, to folks that are a little bit more informed on particular risks related to the vaccine itself, mm-hmm. because like I said, once once I demonstrate that the risk of fatal that the relative risk of fatal infection of COVID-19 is acceptably low right. for me, mm-hmm. that establish, that, that, dis, that argues effectively against the baseline premise that COVID-19 vaccinations are necessary for everyone. Right. And I think once I've addressed and argued against that premise, I think the conversation stops. Yeah. From your perspective. For, well, yeah. yeah. and, yeah. and, and not, I, not from your leadership's perspective or the government's, but from your perspective, you're
0: like, this is factual, right? This is data driven, right. And data based, right? And it seems lo- a logical conclusion would be that there's no pressure for me to take this. Correct, on. right? And, I mean, and, it's, it's, and
2: especially if you weigh it against, if you weigh it against the trade-off, yeah. which is the violation of my individual freedom, freedom. Yes. to choose yeah. whether or not I I need this this vaccine. Right. Yeah. So it's the it's the trade-off argument. So it, there is a two-part argument. Your premise is invalid. Yeah. And it's, it's not, or at least it is invalid for somebody in my my case, and therefore it's not worth the violation of my individual sovereignty. I'm sorry, but I yeah. will not get it. That's
0: right, yeah.
2: <clears throat> Josh, why don't you or, share, and then we'll kind of say where we're going to go with this meeting and, and getting you guys
0: together that have this yeah. desire uh, to protect <clears throat> our liberty. Well, even
3: to kind of to add what he was saying is that it's interesting enough, like, because we, we, you know, we do risk assessment and we're trained to do that Absolutely. All, all the time.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and so even like a lot of, I think, Port Wanini right now is particularly almost not 100% telework, but it's it's like 80% or something Great like that. Yeah, was it? Yeah, so Great it's, point. I know where you're going with this. yeah So Great it's like, point. okay, so even that's a question that's brought up in our chat groups and things and in our command and mm-hmm. higher-ups. It's like they keep asking, if I'm teleworking, do I need to get the vaccine? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not going to be around anyone. I'm going to be in my pajamas working from home at my, you know, drinking coffee or on the beach or whatever. Yeah why do you have to be 80% I can't remember what the number is okay. I it, it, it keeps changing cuz yeah, we so we don't you know I don't know the numbers exactly either but it's a lot During demonstrated
2: during the last 12 14 months sure. the navy has uh, the navy and federal workforce in fact workforces across the United States have demonstrated that that there is you can still be productive and effective
3: from yeah. working from home um and keep going sorry Josh I don't yeah, want to stay in the, thunder. exactly I mean cuz mm-hmm. when I was uh, training to be an osic uh I would, I would go into the, into the office and you just you walk around and you're just basically wasting time. It's like, why am I here? <laughs> so a lot of these people are now working at home and, and it's working very well for what our particular base does because we're, we're mostly on the ships or in front of our computer. So it's like, you can do that at home. Mm-hmm. So these people are asking, like, why do I need a vaccine? And it's, I'm not going to be around people. I'm not going to be anything. I'm not putting, uh, you know, like as far as fleet readiness, that's where the whole, this whole thing goes. Mm-hmm. It's like we need to be, have fleet readiness but I'm not going to be in contact with the fleet working if I'm doing logistics or if I'm doing, you know, like whatever it is I do at home for the Navy, mm-hmm. unless, you know, then OSIC, whatever. And that's why I changed positions because, like, I saw this coming and mm-hmm. I am going to be directly in contact with the sailor. So mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's, so a, so that's so a To describe risk.
2: what Josh is talking about, there are folks at Naval Sea Systems Command, which is his command, some whom go to sea and interact with uh, uniformed service members on vessels. And there's mm-hmm. other parts of his staff that don't do that at all. Right. And that and that can be accommodated by, and accommodation is a very important word, that can Correct. be accommodated by working off-site or by minimizing interactions. And It's a wonderful
3: point. Thank yeah, you for bringing that yeah, up. Yeah, and there's no, it's just across the board, get vaccinated or you're going to get punished. Yeah. They've been very clear on how they're going to punish us, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, and even that has been, uh, after talking with HR, is they're even shortening that up. Because, again, you know, it takes a, an act of God to fire a federal employee, but it's like, They're shortening that time, like they're and that and that's still you know there's no guidance. Whatever this, they're just things that we've been told, Um, but it's it's just it's nuts. Um, Well, yeah, I agree
2: with you. It is. It seems, it seems, borderline insane to not acknowledge the last twelve to fourteen months of accommodating. Mm-hmm. Folks right. working from home with COVID, with, yeah, with right with with the risk of yeah. COVID at now, its highest
3: point. <laughs> yeah,
2: at its highest point, and and there's been rel- and It's not a leading part of the conversation, which which is either you get the vaccine or you submit this sort of low low probability uh, request for an exemption, and no discussion of the command's willingness to accommodate, or at least that's yeah that's not in that's not in the letter that was given to me. And yeah. don't you feel like in this
0: uh, this environment, a very if you are a logical, rational uh, data driven person mm-hmm. like I personally am, um, you and you're getting the this rhetoric and this pressure, you're like, where is the cognitive dissonance right in in nowhere in this chain of command? That people would stand up for what is true, what is right, what is provable.
2: What well, they're, they're it's making, just a political
0: narrative. Yeah, it, I mean, it's well, just. I it, think
2: it's there. Yeah. I think, I think people see this. I think, I think it's obvious to most to most people. At least I hope it is. And well, I know that the folks that I speak in confidence with, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, some some haven't gone down the rabbit holes that I've gone down, but. But it's generally received well when I talk about, in an, in an understanding way, when I talk about the risks, and, <clears> and you get the head the head nod. Yeah, but I've got 18 years in, or I've got 16 years right. in. And
0: it's coercion. And it's not
2: facts or science. It's not it? acceptance of yeah. the of the baseline premises that yeah. it's required. Mm-hmm. And even in leadership, I st- I think that there is um, a real, uh, a general understanding that this is something that, that they have to do to move on with their careers and to move on with. Yeah. You know, doing what they think is the right thing and uh, supporting the, the, the uniform
1: services—it's
2: mm-hmm. a—it's a—it's tr- a tough trade-off, um, and I and I don't fault them for, for making decisions, the, the decisions that they do. Sometimes they get the vaccine. I don't absolutely don't hold it against anyone for making that decision, yeah. but I do think that there's broader recognition than I think we than, yeah. than certainly people are willing to let on to. Mm-hmm. that there is a resistance to the mm-hmm. to the mandate itself not mm-hmm. to the necessarily to the vaccine mm-hmm. but to the mandate itself which is another important point I think for for feds for medical freedom yes. is that the group is non-judgmental when it comes to when it comes to your vaccination status right and we the group um, welcomes folks who have gotten the vaccine sure. but who stand, want to stand up for medical freedom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. board, we need their help. I mean, yeah. we absolutely everybody. I, mean. I think that's one of the strongest voices right now. <clears throat> hey, I chose
0: with my own volition of will yes to receive the vaccine. But my friend Josh does not want to, and so I'm standing with him in solidarity of liberty. Yes.
3: I think that's a powerful message. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's even something that uh, my coworkers have asked me even personally, like, you know, like, what is it about it that you don't, why don't you want to get it? Mm -hmm. And, like, are you afraid of it? Are you, you know, like, what is it? And I'm like, I'm not afraid of it. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. to be honest, you know, I'm in that group to where nothing will probably happen. Yeah. Anything. And I'm like, but it is. It's is—it's—it's the, the mandate and the overreach that I disagree with. So just out of principle alone, I feel very compelled to not get it. And then, of course, due to other things and other data and whatever, and to my sincerely held religious beliefs, mm-hmm. like, I truly do not want it. Like, I have, that is a true statement as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's two things. And it's mm-hmm. like, but even for other people that are not religious or have a medical uh, accommodation or whatever, it's like, where do you draw the line mm-hmm. it's like you know i if i go down and i lose my job and whatever and then somebody else gets you know they they get it but then they don't want to get the third or the fourth or the fifth that's why we are here mm-hmm. um because the, the, we don't see i again before you know and you saw this coming down the pipe and it's like even those people that have gotten the two vaccines or the one or whatever they're like yeah i, I don 't they 're starting to wake up and see there 's no like, like, okay they 're listening to me now like okay fine, like we understand you don 't want to get it, mm-hmm. but we see that there is no end in sight that 's the thing
0: i don 't think people get it 's like okay whatever i 'll get the i 'll get the jab let 's move on, but it 's not the end because it 's now opened a door, yeah, and I think that that 's why the principle yes. to for some some people's career they're going to choose to fight and die on this hill and yes. go find another place to work yes. and pay their bills another way because this intrusion this tyranny over your body is the gateway it is you know if we have the marijuana the gateway drug to harder things right. this is the gateway drug so to speak to tyranny yes. uh, and socialist communist control of a populace that uh, to me is worth the fight whether you've been vaccinated or you're not vaccinated if people don't see that their liberties are being stripped away um, they just got to wake up yeah. because it's not the end <clears throat> it's, what i'm saying is it's just going to like it the this is continue t- to this have is, the
3: boosters right yes. it's like this is literally the beginning and it's 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 like you know just you know hold on here, you know here we go and if if, one, if we don't stand now when are we going to stand yeah. And it's like, with with the mask thing and the distancing thing, and even with that, you know, I don't like the face diapers, whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. it didn't, my, it bothers my wife more than it does me. Like, I will I will wear the thing. I will uh, respect people's space. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to get up in your bubble anyways. Yeah. But that's really, you know, that's not the hill I was ready to die on. Right. This is now you're getting your, it's an overreach and it's too far. Now you are involving my my body, you know, my sovereignty. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's where I draw the line. And,
2: and others. Uh, I have three children, 12, yeah. 10, and 8. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will, I will, will. that will be a hill I'll, I will die on. Yeah. I, I will not allow the yeah. violation of my children's body for this vaccine. Yes. Absolutely. Um, it is absolutely
3: unjustifiable. It is. Um, yeah. Which here in California, our wonderful governor yeah. has mandated it for the children yeah. to yeah. go to school.
0: Prior to, I mean, he doubled down after the recall to say, these kids are going to do this, and this is what the White House did today. Oh, good. Is, you know, they doubled down on uh, for the 28 million that they can get mm-hmm. uh, vaccinated, and I think there's a certain point that even a dad that says, "Hey, I got to feed my family. I'm going to get the jab, whatever. Mm-hmm. I got to mm-hmm. pay the bills," mm-hmm. but now it's my kids. Mm-hmm. So once again, the line continues
2: to to move down. Yes, uh, and it's it's mind boggling that when it, just a cursory look at the numbers, yeah. it's it's unjustifiable. It's it just is. A, just a Baseline cursory look at the numbers, and yeah. these are numbers that are available. These aren't.
3: That's not aren't, even a deep
2: dive. It's not that's, a deep dive, right it's on using the it's using government websites. That if you believe in, you know, if, if you're of the mindset that that you know the, these government websites provide factual data, you can yeah. go and you can look at that data that are presented by CDC, FDA, <clears throat> yeah. uh, National Institutes of Health. Mm-hmm. You can look at the information that's available, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's obvious that that it's not necessary for children. Um, absolutely yeah. so let's talk about this
0: let's wrap it up let's bring it we want to talk about feds for medical freedom and uh you know you brought up the mass thing just one last volley over the thing <laughs> is once again if you looked at the science of do mass protect mm-hmm. from the small mic uh microscopic mm-hmm. you know it just it, uh, but most people were willing to i know people right now they're masking up at work Yeah, they're like okay <clears throat> They are getting tested twice a week. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. you gonna give me a shot? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing, they're they're accommodating to keep their paycheck yes. to the the nth degree, even though they don't enjoy the mask and they don't. Um, they're like, okay, as long as you're, uh, it's a it's a test. it's, yes. it's not the vaccine. <clears throat> but there's a point that everybody has to choose. And for some, sadly, you know, if they just think this is no big deal, where where would we be, guys? In a in a a Uh, government tyranny five years from now, or at the end of um, this incredibly progressive left Mm -hmm. tendency continues, Mm -hmm. where does our freedom go? It goes right out the door. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important you guys are putting things on the line. You're incredibly brave because I know that this is, I mean, when you think about your livelihood, it's really terrifying in some senses. Like, how am I going to pay the bills? What am I going to do? What about my family? And yet, unless guys that are willing to take the risk and stand up like you are, everybody's looking for leadership. Yeah, Everybody's looking for leadership. So let's yeah. lead uh, the Feds guys, talk about this a little bit, and uh, the meeting that we're going to have on uh, October 29th, Friday, 630, here at the church, just to open up the venue for you guys to have a Feds for Medical Freedom Rally.
3: Yeah, we're, we we want to get uh, a bunch of people together and try to get the word out that, you know, like, we, we are here to support you and, you know, offer something. Because, I mean, again, the biggest message is, like, you're not alone. Right. Um, because a lot of people are afraid to stand up. Most of us just want to go to work, put our head down, even whatever, put your mask on. Just don't don't draw attention to yourself. But it's time to finally now, like like, stand up, unite and uh, show support. And that's what even like us pitching to the union is that like, you know, we are not a a political group or not anything. We're not anti-vax. We we are there for everybody because our management and our our higher-ups are failing to offer us guidance of any sort or any kind of support from our unions. It's like we're having to formulate our own groups so that we aren't feeling uh, left out and alone during this. Mm -hmm. Um, So... So that's what basically the 29th is for, and then to maybe have, you know, we're going to try to get, I mean, I'm working on getting lawyers and things like that to maybe give us some legal advice, you know, to where, you know, do, you know, what are our rights, where do we have, where can we stand on this? What is the, the legal basis behind um, standing up for this or not, you know, uh, going with the mandate? Um, and then even like offer you know like information uh, like hey you know like here is the best thing that we can suggest or the, or here here's what I'm doing like here's my religious uh, exemption or exception
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, and you can take it and read through it and from what I have gotten from my lawyers that I've been in contact with this is the best path forward to do this. Um, then there's other groups even uh, that are that we're trying to pool into our uh, Feds for Medical Freedom group. Um, they're out in China Lake. Uh, they're the group of I believe 231 right now. Uh, on uh, they call they're called the Commoners, which I believe they're going the the common law mm. approach. Mm-hmm. Um, which hey, you know that's everybody's trying to figure out what to do, and and there is no. Actual path or correct? We don't know. This yeah. is un, this uncharted it's a, it's waters. It's a grassroots
0: movement yeah. across America. Whether it's the uh, the chief of police of Chicago right. saying half his guys are not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Imagine the public safety there. Right. Right. You mm-hmm. lose half that. They're already up to six hundred and forty murders in the year there. Yeah. Can you imagine living in a place like that? Yeah. And huh? I think
2: I think big picture, the group, it, it, we're we're a bunch of well-meaning, considerate concerned federal employees. We want to continue to support yeah. the Navy and the, the, the federal government, especially the yeah. DOD in its mission of protecting America, um, protecting American sovereignty, American individual rights, and for projecting those freedoms throughout the world. Right? We, Absolutely. We, we stand for not just medical freedom, but the freedoms that we serve in our performance of our duties as federal mm-hmm. employees. Yes. And all we ask, all we're asking for and with this group, I think all this group is asking for is to respect the individual sovereignty for which we fight, for which we represent.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the more folks that are saying, the more folks that are feeding that back, the more folks that are in, in respectfully feeding that back, um, using sound judgment, sound arguments, uh, the, the better the, the the better the crosstalk can be at least the mm-hmm. better our message will be heard mm-hmm. um, so I think that's our mission mm-hmm. for the the federal federal employees for medical freedom mm-hmm. is is to preserve the the eight ten to ten years that Josh has been in the twenty two that i 've served the federal government, and whatever cumulative total that is across the, the folks who who want to stand up for individual sovereignty yeah. to preserve that that uh, experience that mm-hmm. the, the, the accumulated wisdom of, of all those years, and to mm-hmm. continue to serve our country in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in service of the DoD, exactly. mm-hmm. um, I, I tremendously value. I value tremendously my opportunity to have served for 22 years, and, and I, I would like to continue to serve and contribute mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. our mission. Uh, and I think I think Josh and, and, and all the folks that I've met mm-hmm. in, in the Feds for Freedom, Feds for Medical Freedom, mm-hmm. uh, are mm-hmm. equally supportive. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, you're for our
0: country. You're Absolutely. for what we're doing. You are patriots. You are. But how can we export uh, liberty and not enjoy it at home? Yes. You know. And so we want to be uh, that um, the example. Really, city on a hill <clears> that's <throat> shining bright for liberty. And so we have to do that. Well, uh, if you are a tenacious civil liberties. Lawyer, and you want to help these guys out, they don't have representation because every law firm in America is up to their eyeballs in these fights. The yeah. people that are really fighting hard, there's about 40 that have come together right now in Ventura County for yes. the feds, and then about 2,000 feds across the country. 4,500. Oh, yeah, that changed. So as of Sunday, it was 2000 Now it's 4500 because people don't know about things like this. That's why we're doing this. Yes. Hey, if you're a federal employee and you're out there, uh, connect with these guys, uh, fedsformedfreedom.org. You can see it right here uh, as we have this come up. And then come on October 29th, 6.30 p.m. at the church, a freedom rally for federal employees. Thank you guys so much for... Not only uh, sharing your hearts, uh, serving our country, yeah. and being really yeah. um, heroic, even though it doesn't feel heroic. It feels yeah. like, hey, I, I feel like I have a gun to my head pushing me out <laughs> into the spotlight to do this. Yeah. In the sense that uh, most conservative patriots want to work hard, love their families, yes. and take their kids to soccer Absolutely. practice. Yeah.
3: And they don't want to be fighting this fight. Yeah. But we are forced to, and we need yeah. to. And then uh, for us locally here, so the the feds MedFreedom.org that is like the nationwide bigger group. So okay. if there are people that want to reach us more locally here on the local level, okay. uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram, which is uh, VCFeds, the number four, MedFreedom. Um, okay. And you'll find us on there, you know, whatever. But that's, you know, because we're trying to... How do we get in contact with people? Because, again, with the teleworking thing, it's like, you know, I can go flyer up the whole base and, you know, make people angry. But not really anyone's going to see it because we we are distanced and we are pushed apart and isolated from one another. So people that are at home that are doing this thing, it's like mm-hmm. they, they have no way to. So that's this is kind of our, our SOS, you yeah. know, and because uh, we are trying to reach people that are at home teleworking. So that's one way to reach out to me, I'll probably get flooded, whatever, but you know, I'm not sleeping lately. So, <laughs> <laughs> well Pastor Rob, thank you for the opportunity to, yeah. to talk.
2: I really appreciate the conversation.
0: It's, it's so exciting to see um, people stand up and the business opportunities that are, uh, people that are in business are doing the same thing with Brave and uh, parents are going to school board meetings because they want to stand up for liberty and what's being taught in the schools. So unless citizens act responsibly, We deserve the government we get when we don't get involved. Mm -hmm. We have to step up. Hey, uh, thanks again, Ray. Thanks again, Josh. God bless you guys until next time. If you're a fed, join these guys and fight for freedom. God bless.